It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. What in the world is happening on Wall Street? Economic indicators. Who knows where this is going to end up? To understand the economy, you have to understand human nature. This podcast is powered by Acast. Gotta have a day of being if you wanna be. Go for it. But the rent! Ain't nothing going on with the rent, Johnny boy. Hey, that the truth. The truth, my man. Anyway, how are you doing? It is the podcast. It is the Thursday podcast. Have you been looking fit, John? Uh, yes, indeed. From the gym. From the gym. Getting those glutes fired up. Your glutes fired up. That's not an image I ever want to remain in the back or in the front of my head. It's Thursday. It's the podcast. Things to talk about, John. Things to talk about. You were worried about Bitcoin? Bitcoin, yeah. Do you remember? I worry about Bitcoin a lot, actually, because you I don't always own any think, of it. Exactly. And I always think. God, we should have we should have invested back in the summer when it should've, was shoulda, coulda, woulda. Yeah, <laughs> and now it's and then when it hit whatever it was, thirty grand or whatever, it's now dropping again. It's dropped by ten percent this week alone. I think we should do a Bitcoin piece. My own sense is that Bitcoin is lots of things, but money it is not. And the reason it's uh, money's got to be a number of things. It's got to be a store of value. Right? Yeah. So it can't be jumping up and down by 10% or 20% or yeah, 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 yeah. right? Because it's not a store of value then. It's a speculative asset. It's got to be what they call exchangeable in the sense that everybody's got to accept it. Yeah. And the problem with Bitcoin is very few people accept it. You can't it. go up to McKenna's there and say, give us a couple Fact. of pints there problem and is, a bag of crisps. Problem is you can't go to McKenna's at all. <sighs> okay. You uh, had to bring it back down, uh, didn't you? Okay. So there's lots of there's lots of properties that money needs to have before it becomes money. And Bitcoin doesn't have those. So at the moment, what it is, is it's a highly, highly, highly speculative asset that you might make a fortune on and you might lose a fortune. Mm. Now, the Bitcoiners would say, yeah, but in the long run, as long as the world keeps printing money, and it is, you know, I, we've, to- we've talked about this before, ECB printing Three trillion euros this year. Three yeah. trillion euros, huge amount of money. I've done the, remember, you know, my lovely calculation. If you yeah. were to spend a million euros yeah, a day, yeah, 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 yeah. three trillion would take you 12,166 years to spend three trillion. Yeah. So that's the extraordinary amount of yeah. euros being printed. Likewise, in the States, you have an amazing statistic, which is that one dollar in every five 
that is in circulation in the world has been printed in the last nine yeah, months. That's amazing. That's mad. So, yeah. so if Bitcoin is a default on excessive money printing, then it's going through the roof. But it's not. It's it's lots of all various things. I think the Bitcoiners themselves will say it's digital gold. Yeah. So gold is fixed in the sense that there's only so much gold that you can take out of the earth. The vast majority of it has been taken out. So consequently, it's digital gold. It's a fixed asset. And if you keep printing, 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 printing paper money, another form of money, i.e. Bitcoin, will take off. Let's see. Yeah. Let's see. Yeah. It's definitely, you know, crypto is the future in the sense that there will be many monies in the future. That's the thing. Mm. It's not just the idea that the central banks have the monopoly of money is wrong. There'll be many. Wasn't it Andy Halliday who was saying that central banks are actually looking at this whole idea of a digital currency? Which is kind of mad because they, pr- they print the actual currency. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. they're actually taking a default option. Just in, just in case this actual thing goes badly, we'll do the print one. Yeah, but- that all messes up my head. I'm not sure how that works out. But whatever about Bitcoin... The central banks, as we've been talking about, are printing money. The ECB is churning it out. Wait, where is it? Now that, <laughs> I haven't seen any of That is a really, really good question. And that is, Wait, thank you. <laughs> every now and then you come up with a classic. Anyway, that is really the, the number of the issue. If the central banks are printing money, why do people feel they don't have enough every week? Mm. That's the key. One thing we're going to discuss in this podcast is the role of banks. The second thing we're going to look at is where does the money go? So, you know, Ireland is a high wage, relatively high wage, high income country, yet everybody at the end of the week feels poor. Why is that? Where is the money going? Yeah, yeah. First question, first issue is the banks, right? The central bank prints money. They give that money to the banking system. The banking system is then obliged or should give out the money to the punters. That's the way the system works. Now, if the money isn't coming down to the punters, there is a problem in the banking system. It means the banking system is not doing its job, which is to facilitate what they call the flow of credit in the economy. Yeah, okay. And in Ireland, this is clearly the case because you talk to lots and lots of Irish people. Apparently, and I say this apparently, the European rate of interest at the moment, John, is zero. Yeah. There's nobody in Ireland getting zero rates on loans. Absolutely. So what's happening? I know that too what's well. Happening? Yeah, exactly. We all know that. What's happening is the Irish banking system is not passing on the rate of interest that the European Central Bank is levying on them. So there's a problem. So I think, I think the Irish state needs to do something quite radical with respect to banks. Okay. Well, that's just profiteering, isn't it? It's just profiteering. It's renting. It's rent-seeking. They're taking in Money. So, for what's basically happening is the Irish banks go to the ECB. Yeah. This is how it works. There's a thing called the discount window at central banks. The discount window is open, and the central bank says, How much money do you want? And the Irish banks might say, Let's say we want 100 million euros. Mm, okay. Yeah. Right. And the bank, the, the central bank says, Okay, you give us collateral, right? You give us, you give us some loans that you have, some assets yeah. that you have. We will take them on board. We'll give you the money for zero. So, yeah. that's what happens. Yeah. Then, what happens is the Irish banks get the money at zero, but magically that becomes 6% or 5% when you go for an overdraft. Now, an overdraft will cost you maybe 8%. Yeah. A credit card bill costs you more than that. So when you go for a house loan, suddenly the money that was zero is now 5%. So, so, the, so the banks, banks are, are cashing in. 
Absolutely. So the question then is, what do you do as a state? Now, I have a solution, John. As uh-huh, always. Uh-huh. Can I just say, it feels like the way you describe it there, it feels to me like that's, you know, when you arrive in an airport and. I used to know that thing. I don't know it don't anymore. You, yeah, <laughs> me too. But when you arrive at an airport and you jump on a flight and you order a coffee or a sandwich, it's 10 quid or something because it is this captive audience. There is no choice. There is yeah. no choice. And that's exactly what yeah. today's podcast is going to be about is the rentier economy, right? When you've no choice. But let's think about a deal here. Corporate Finance 101, John. I know you've majored in this. Yes, I know you've thought extensively this. (laughs) Worked very hard AIB. AIB is the biggest bank in the country. 70% of it is owned by the state. Yeah. 30% of it is owned by private investors, who we don't need. Yeah. The state can borrow at zero. So the cost of capital to the state is zero. Right now, AIB's shares are trading at €1.60. Okay. The state sold that company at €4.40 per share. So there's a massive, massive discount from where the shares were originally sold, those 30%, and where they are now. Right. Can you imagine the state borrows at zero, buys the shares back at €1.40, or €1.60, so owns the whole of AIB, so suddenly right. AIB becomes a public company. Yeah, state bank. Then they say, we are going to pass on all the interest rate cuts the ECB has, got, has given you. So we're, we're going to reprice all the lending in Ireland to zero. So every bar, every restaurant, every mortgage that has now been charged 3 4 5% goes to zero through AIB. And everyone would switch to AIB Everyone then. would switch. I mean, obviously Bank of Ireland would be pissed off, but that's their problem. They're a private company. They'd have to react. Yeah. Would that kill the banking sector? No, it would actually encourage the banking system. Because what you would actually say is that we are going to price everything at zero. So therefore, we'll say to the other banks, get active, do your own thing, cut your costs, and actually begin to compete. But the the trade is the beautiful thing, right? So at the moment, so the, the whole key to making money in the world is to sell high and buy low. Yeah. I'm going to sell to you for a tenner. I'm going to buy it back at a fiver. Right now, the Irish state has the... Huge opportunity. We sold AIB to the private investor at four euros forty per share. We can buy it back at one euro sixty, so we can make almost three euros profit. So the state makes a profit. It screws the private investor, but that's yeah, their problem. Makes okay? perfect sense. Yeah. And then we turn AIB into a ward of the state, where AIB passes on the interest rates that the ECB are urging them to pass on, and suddenly you get a total change in Irish financial conditions. That sounds remarkably simple. It is simple. Is it? It is simple. I mean, the finance is simple. Okay, so... Finance is simple, so basically you sell high and buy low. That's yeah. the, that's the, that's, there's, there's no other, there's no <laughs> yeah, other rule yeah, yeah. in finance, right? And normally what happens, and we're going to talk about that in a second, the Irish state buys high and sells low. So it actually gives a rent to people pays too much for things. The reason that Ireland is so expensive is because typically the Irish state makes things expensive and passes that on to the citizen. Here we have an opportunity, one-off, to actually make a killing on the shares of AIB and do something positive. Pascal, get your finger out, man. Jesus, yeah. But that's the problem is our politicians are not thinking like corporate financers because they've never worked in finance. So they don't see that this is an open goal. 
Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they yeah, could yeah, then yeah. pass this on to the citizen and then everybody's mortgage could be repriced down. So you can imagine that everyone's mortgage is priced to zero. So they would say you're actually on interest only. Yeah. And we'd like an interest only, but the interest is zero. Well, well what, what would be the barriers? Like, I have no idea now here. This sounds, as I said, remarkably simple, but what are the potential barriers to this? None. The barrier is... Are you just being over simplistic The barrier now? is just imagination, first thing. Right. Balls and courage, secondly. And third, and this is what we're going to get onto, you would disrupt the endemic cronyism of Ireland. It's no bad thing. So if you were to buy AIB and pass on lower interest rates, suddenly every other financial player in Ireland, all the other banks would be got by the balls and they'd have to actually adjust downwards. And they don't want to do this because, you know, your interest rate is somebody else's wages, somebody else's profit, yeah. is somebody else's yeah. swanky house in South Dublin. Yeah. Okay? So that's the key. But if you're actually thinking like a proper economist and not worried about the rent seekers in this country, then you would do this. And, and what would happen to AIB in this scenario? AIB would do extremely well. Bank of Ireland would go mad. Okay. Bank well, of Ireland would whatever. go mad because they would because their profit margins are based. Think about a bank's profit margins is based on you give me a hundred quid as a depositor, I give you a one percent interest, but I charge the the person who borrows that money five yeah. percent. So I make a spread. So suddenly you contract the spread completely. Basically, what you would do is you would say finance is no longer mediated by the banks. And this is something that we need to get to because ultimately you started the podcasting, where is all the money? Mm. It's stuck in the banks and it's not getting out to the street. And the reason this is important is right now, John, we're in a second, third, maybe fourth lockdown. And remember we started talking a long time ago about how small businesses would run out of cash. Yeah. And because of COVID spiking to the roof and people worried about the hospitals, the concern of the small business person has gone off the agenda. I don't hear it in radio. I don't hear it anywhere, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's still the case that small businesses have no cash. This would be a way of making AIB, the national bank, the bank of small business, the bank of the small guy. Well, that's what they claim to be as it is. Backing brave. Backing brave. How brave are you? Brave me ho. Yeah. Come on, Pascal, be brave. No, exactly. So the idea is use your corporate finance hat to figure out that there's a one-off opportunity given to us as a country by the share price collapse of AIB, because mm. it is a dog. I mean, AIB will never recover, right? Yeah. So use it as a state bank. Buy it cheaply and then instruct the management of AIB and the bosses to pass on the zero interest rates that AIB is availing at at the discount window of the ECB all over. I mean, that just makes so much fucking sense. Because it is sensible. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. 
My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Mark, a few weeks ago, we had Mark Blythe on. Um, yeah. Talking about the rentier economy in the UK, and that's actually why he became a fan of uh, Scottish nationalism. Scottish, yeah, yeah, yeah. Scottish nationalism. He was brilliant fun. But, but so let's talk about it here in Ireland. Yeah. I was talking to JM earlier, and he was saying that you know it's expected after the whole COVID malarkey that house prices are going to shoot up another five percent. And for somebody looking for you know, a house for in Dublin, in Dublin for 500 or, or something like that. You know, that's another 25 grand you have a to year. save yeah. for a deposit. Yeah, no, it's crazy. I mean, what Mark was saying was because of the rentier economy in the UK, there is an opportunity for Scotland to reset their economy yeah. by going independent. Yeah. That's the big bang moment that they'd say, okay, we're not going to do this. We're going to do our own thing. Mm. And he was saying that economic growth can only come from innovation. So you make a new product, you sell that product, it's better than the old product, and you make profit based on your innovation. And if your innovation is good, the productivity of your workers goes up, okay? Yeah. So that's, that's what pure, normal market-based capitalism should be. In Ireland, we have a quite different thing which is what I would call license-based or rentier capitalism, right? Yeah. Where your profit is based on extracting a rent, not no innovation, no new ideas. Think about land. We're going to talk about land in a second, yeah. right? Housing. Housing creates no innovation, no creativity, no patents, no technological movement. It's just simply, if I can control the supply of housing, I will therefore wait until the demand for housing goes up and I will make a rent. Yeah, sure. Okay, that's the landlord class. This is what I would call the drone class of landlords in this country. The problem is land creates nothing except imposes a cost on people like JM and younger people, right? Yeah. So let's think about how, how did we evolve in this country to a situation where 54% of people between the age of 18 and 34 live with their parents. 54%. The Danish equivalent is 17%. 17% is the Danish equivalent, right? The Irish figure is 54. How did that happen? What is the reason? Are we endemically stupid? Can we not do things? <laughs> no. What is the problem is the system we've created defends the interests of people who own land. Yeah and exploits those who need land as a place to live. That's it. What got me thinking about this was last week there was some hullabaloo about RTE presenters. 
Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, there is every year, isn't it? Earning 400 grand yeah. or 200 grand, like lots of money, right? And the problem with RTE is RTE is a company that has a license fee. Yeah. Do you know you can go to jail in Ireland for not paying a license fee to an organisation that the majority of Irish people don't watch? Yeah, if you look, If you actually look at... You know, those JNLR figures. I got right? my bill in the other day, by the way. It's just mad, right? It's yeah. crazy shit, right? It, like, I mean, I got nothing against RTE. I've worked for RTE. I know lots of people there. Yeah. Yada, yeah. yada, yada. But think about it, right? Even the late, late show at its peak, you know, gets at very, very most 40% of the audience. Yeah. That means 60% are not watching. Yeah. So the majority, and that, that's the peak show, the vast majority of RTE programs don't get anywhere near that. Yeah. So think about it. So, the vast majority of Irish people do not watch RTE presenters. Think about it, right? Yeah, sure. Yet the vast majority of Irish people, the majority, everyone, is penalised by a licence fee to pay them, even though we don't watch them, right? Yeah. Now think the about same it. in the UK, by the way. Yeah, but in the UK, they have no advertising. Sure. The BBC right. has no advertising. So but says, that is, that's, a, that's a function so, of the population, though. Well, no, it's a function of bullshit. It's like, oh, oh. no, we should get the licence fee. We do a public service... Actually, you're right. Why should primetime get the license fee and not not? But anyway, my point is, it's nothing against RTE people, right? The license fee is a typical example of a cost that is basically thrown onto the consumer, right? Yeah. And you might say, well, you know, RTE does culture and, you know, all that sort of stuff, you know, whatever. But somebody picks up the tab. There is a link between this rentier economy and the fact that over half of Irish young people live with their parents. Because what happens is when you have a rentier economy, and I'll give you another example. Mm. You know, one of these big consultants companies is being employed by our state to manage the vaccine rollout. Yeah, think about that. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, bullshit, yeah. right? Well, so, we spoke about this last week, didn't we? That yeah. one of the big fours paid, what was it, five million for... For what, actually? God I don't knows. know. But the point is, so progressively... We have outsourced lots of things to the private sector that used to be done by the state. Yeah. And we have infantilized the state and Mm. we've made the state, we've emasculated the ability of the state to actually do anything. All the while are these companies that sidle up to the government and say, well, you need a consultant here. There's a thing called death by consultancy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That basically you have all these people. Mm -hmm. And I, I bet you if you go into any big government arm in Ireland, you have private consultants running huge parts of the show. Yeah. They're getting, the gigs to get, Getting actually. paid. Yeah, well, we should get one. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we could turn RT around, you and me. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Just give us a gig. No, but, so what happens is those rents are captured, right? And it, what it does is it pushes up the cost of doing business in Ireland. Yeah. And once you push up the cost of doing business in Ireland, wages have to rise for people to live. So the country becomes uncompetitive. The great example of this, of course, is the land market. So in Ireland, we cannot build above a certain height mm. in Dublin. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why? Well, I don't know. In whose interest is that? It's in the interest of people who own land. The Irish constitution protects land. But there was the a lot Irish of nimbyism tax- as well there. Yeah, mm. but, but even so. But... but the, the state could say, well, you know what? In this area, we can go up to 10 stories. Yeah. That's it. There should be yimbyism. I want to be yimby. yimby? Yes in my backyard. <laughs> not yes in my backyard. I want, I want good I'm architecture. A I'm a yimby. I want more people. I want it all going. But so come back to the point, John, is that 
the rentier-based capitalist system, right, which is not the free market, has caused huge parts of the economy to be captured by small interest groups. Those small interest groups increase dramatically the fees that accrue to them. They get close to the state. They lobby the state. They talk to the politicians, etc. And what you find is lots and lots of Irish people say, look, objectively, I earn good money on a European standard. But at the end of the month, I don't have any. Where does the money go? Where does my money go? Mm. Now, we've got to look at look at the rate of inflation. So the rate of inflation is the cost of living. And the great it's thing... It's pretty flat now, isn't the, it? Yeah, so it's flat right now, except look at the areas where it's really taken off. So the okay. CPI is broken down into various different yeah. uh, subsectors. Education in Ireland in the last 10 years... Sorry, what's the CPI? The Consumer Price Index. Sorry, I'm getting all... Oh, yeah, 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 you're getting yeah, all nerdy. Yeah. See, the CPI, the Consumer Price Index. So yeah. you, that's, break, that's broken down into various different sectors, okay? Most extraordinary, you have a education costs 50% more now than it did in 2010. Education costs 50% yeah. more? Why? Because teachers, professors, academics, the education system are paying themselves lots more so the fees are going up fees are going up cost of education is going up hugely right now what is going on in the and education grinds. system grinds all that stuff what yeah. is going on in the education it's a captured market you can't outsource education you can't get it elsewhere yeah you gotta say you know i don't want to do the leave insert or go to college here i go to college elsewhere yes you can but it's it, it's it's a big big leap right yeah second increase here booze I know this is dear to our heart, right? <laughs> Alcohol, because of taxation. Why are we increasing tax to pay for the rents elsewhere? Because the cost of everything else has gone up. Then, of course, the third big one is housing. Yeah. So yeah, how yeah, yeah. come Ireland is the country in Western Europe that is least densely populated, has got the highest increase in house prices? Why is that? And the banking yeah. system isn't lending, as we just spoke about, about yeah. It's because housing lobby and the land lobby has restricted supply. That's what's going on. And once you restrict supply, prices go up. And again, how is it allowed to restrict supply? Because at every stage, the interests of land and landlords and landowners is favoured by the state against the interests of rentiers, young couples, young workers, etc. And again, it's back to this idea of rent. So we have turned a normal economy into a rent-obsessed economy. And the question then is, how does this economy grow if we've messed it up so badly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because of multinationals. So what happens is, if you're buying and selling rents to each other, you've no productivity, you've no innovation. Yeah. So Irish productivity in lots of sectors is very low. So then how do we describe that Irish productivity in the country is very high? vis-a-vis other countries. Yeah. And it's because of the multinationals. So what we've done, we've okay, worked the multinationals right. okay. in, like your brother Dickie works yeah. in Intel. Yeah. Hugely capital intensive, incredible brains, incredible systems, great management, all that sort mm, of stuff. Mm. So those guys drag up the productivity of the country. But in the world where most people live in Ireland, what you have is at every stage, prices rise. Why? because there's not enough competition. Why is that? Is because huge sectors of the economy are given over 
to this rentier section. And it's, of course, then what it does is it encourages cronyism. But, but is this, this isn't unique to Ireland, surely. No, it's not. Um, it's not. But it's quite, it's, it's quite bad here because, again, small country. Yeah. Lots of networks. Lots of old school ties. Lots of my mate and your mate and la, la, la. Yeah, yeah. It is what we've seen in lots of Western countries which is a movement, John, between industrial capital and what is called fire capital. Fire is an acronym for finance, insurance, and real estate. Okay? Right, okay. These are the that areas one. that have captured the country. Yeah. These are the, these are the sectors that have captured lots and lots of Western but countries. But the, these are also the sectors that seem to have fixed margins. They have fixed margins. You're yeah. absolutely right. So if my, my profit margin is 20%, yeah. even if my costs go up, I'll just add another 20%. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. think about finance. We talk about the banks, real yeah. estate, and insurance. Insurance claims. I mean, car insurance here through the roof. Yeah. All insurance. Right? But this is also the time where trumpeter economics could come into play. Should come on. Or exactly. should, should come in. So, yeah. so you're absolutely right, John. So Schumpeter said, if there is bad businesses out there, the gales of creative destruction will destroy them. Yeah. That will only happen if the gales are allowed to blow. Right, okay. But if you decide yeah. we are going to stop competition because we're going to give you a license. Like think about the broadband company in Ireland, right? Mm. Dave McCourt's company, Grantham, right? Yeah. I have no problem with Dave McCourt, American entrepreneur, pitching for broadband. That's his right, okay? Yeah. He pitches for broadband. The government say, okay, you, you guys roll it out, which we need. McCourt says, okay, cool. So what he does is he finances the deal by putting not so much of his cash in and lots and lots of debt. But what he gets, John, is a right to own the infrastructure into perpetuity. Yeah. So not only does he build it out, then he gets the monopoly rents for the next 50 years. But at the end of all that, he still owns it, even though we will have paid for the infrastructure 10 times over, yeah, 20 yeah, times yeah, over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rent-seeking. We're back to the same idea, John. So if you look at what's happening, you've got all these sectors that are captured. And you can see that in the consumer price index. Yeah. You can, you can see where the prices are rising. So in telecoms, as in telephones, prices have collapsed. In clothing and shoes, prices have collapsed, Right. Because yeah. these are internationally competitive businesses. Right, right, right. Okay. right. Yeah, 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 yeah. But okay. The, the little shitty bits that we do ourselves is all captured by, frankly, a crony class. And the reason, therefore, that Irish people at the end of the week don't have enough money, even though they get good wages, is because so much of our income is actually extracted from us by these rentier sectors. These are crony sectors. And these are the people who buy big houses in South Dublin. They hang out, they go on holidays, blah, blah, blah. This is the ruling class in Ireland. Right. It's exactly, so it's, this, no, it's, this, not, it's not even, it's, it's not so far away from the fucking aristocracy 200 years ago yeah. who owned land. And land was the only resource that, that was, that generated the rent. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because we were an agricultural country. Now you've also... So, so this areas. is actually the reason, and you don't blame people like JM, the millennials, you know, and the younger people coming up. Like, I know that my kids are massively frustrated. You know, Maggie's dying to get out and rent her own place yeah. and just get on with their life. Because they can't see a way out. They can't see a way out. But then it gives rise to the likes of... I mean, last week Sinn Féin polled above 
everybody else for the first time. Why wouldn't you give him a chance? Exactly. Like, I'm not saying that I'm a Sinn Féin supporter in, in any way. But there's an awful lot of stuff that they say that actually make an awful lot of sense. I can see you with the Easter lily, John. I can see <laughs> you, the Chucky, the whole thing. No, of course they make sense. Like What I find intriguing is when I'm listening to the radio and I listen to people talking about Irish politics and there's lots and lots of people saying, well, I just can't believe, you know, people are going radical, young people. I feel like, why wouldn't you go radical if you can see that the political process itself is captured by the rentier class? Yeah. Why wouldn't you go and say, you know what? Give this other share a chance. And that's what's happening. Before I let you go, I just want to remind you that this week is the last week you can avail of our 15% discount offer on our annual subscription to join the gang. And the gang is really an educational gang. It's about information, it's about sharing ideas, but it's all about learning economics, which, you know what, has never been more important. You can have tutorials twice a month. You can chat to me on Patreon. I'll respond to your questions. You can also learn macroeconomics doing the macroeconomic course, or you can just simply be part of the crew. But again, the last chance this week to avail of our 15% discount. So we'll see you on Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash David McWilliams. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.